Hello, everyone. Welcome in to the Football Addicts Anonymous podcast. Merry Christmas. Great to have some friends here today uh, to talk ball. Logan, as always. Danny Potter re- rejoining the show. How are your Christmases, sirs? Good. <laughs> Can't complain. It was, it was a good time. Lots of food. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I love ham, man. That's why Christmas is uh, my favorite holiday meal. Um, But yeah, we got a bowl game going on right now. New Mexico State 24-7 over Bowling Green. Uh, About two minutes to go in the third quarter. Quick lane bowl at Ford Field in Detroit. Um, Got a couple bowl games, or one other bowl game to talk about. that happened on Christmas Eve. The NFL Week 16 slate, uh, talk about that. That finishes up tonight. Chargers-Colts in Indy. And then uh, we'll look at the Week 17 preview. Uh, Cowboys-Titans to open it up, as well as all the injuries. Uh, there were a bunch that I got today. But, uh, yeah, crazy. We are heading toward Week 17 already in this 2022 NFL season. Uh, but on Christmas Eve, we had the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. It was nice and warm, 80 degrees there at kickoff uh, in Honolulu. I hated everyone that was there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Mid-Tennessee, Logan Lone Wolf and the Blue Raiders getting it done there, 25-23 over San Diego State. Uh, Mid-Tennessee took the lead with about, I think I think it was three minutes to go in the game. Um, they, they kicked the field goal to go up by two. But, yeah, uh, I was kind of surprised. Jalen Maiden, 300-yard game for him. Terrible completion percentage, uh, 19 of 43, 44.2%, 309 yards, two touchdowns, three picks, four turnovers for him. Really killed the vibe for the Aztecs. 12 carries, 26 yards, a fumble. Chase Cunningham on the opposite side was pretty decent. 26 of 43, 60.5%, 236, two touchdowns, one pick. I got to watch this game a little bit. I was focusing more on the the Cowboys, the Eagles game, and the the Steelers game as I got my Steelers hat on. Um, But, uh, yeah, I was kind of paying attention to this game a little bit anyways. I don't know if y'all watched it. No. <laughs> Did not get a chance to turn on the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. <laughs> uh, yeah, Frank Peasant for Mid-Tennessee led the game in rushing 17 carries, 27 yards. Not much going on the ground for either team the whole game. Two catches for 10 yards for Peasant there. Um 100-yard receiver, one almost 100-yard receiver. Mid-Tennessee's wide receiver Jalen Lane there. 10 catches, 111 yards, and a touchdown. And then, um, actually, we had 200-yard receivers. My bad. I forgot. San Diego State's running back, Keenan Kristen. He had one carry for zero yards, but he caught two balls for 111 yards and a touchdown. Wow. Uh, And then, I love Jesse Matthews for SDSU. The wide receiver there, seven receptions, 99 yards, one carry for one yard. Um, he wears number 45 as wide receiver, but he is a beast. Uh, I don't know the measurables on him, 
for draft purposes, but I I really like Jesse Matthews as an underrated guy. Defensively, a lot going on. Um, first off, going to say uh, my defensive player of the game is going to go to San Diego State's defensive lineman, Keyshawn Banks. Seven tackles, four solos, two sacks, four tackles for a loss. But there's two other guys I want to talk about. Mid-Tennessee's defensive end, Jordan Ferguson. Five tackles, three solos, one tackle for loss, one pass selection, and a pick. And on offense, he caught an eight-yard touchdown reception. And then San Diego State defensive lineman, Garrett Fountain. Two tackles, one solo, a half tackle for loss. He led San Diego State in rushing... One carry for 27 yards on offense. Uh, it wasn't actually an offense. It was a fake punt uh, that he ran 27 yards on. So props to Fountain there. But, yeah, this was an interesting game. Close one. Good game. Unfortunately, Logan got the win. But uh, mid- By the list of margins. <laughs> Mid-Tennessee... Plus seven, they went outright over 47 by one. Yeah, I really didn't have much on these teams to to pick, so I kind of just went with San Diego State because they were a seven-point favorite. (laughs) Okay, uh, NFL Saturday, Christmas Eve. Panthers staying alive, 37-23 romp over the Lions. And I said this on the show on Saturday morning. I was like, I'm picking the Lions because when I pick against the Panthers, they seem to win. So I'm just going to keep doing that. Um, Probably, anyways. I don't know. We'll see what happens next week. But, yeah. uh, Most rushing yards ever by the Panthers in their franchise history. Most total yards in franchise history as well. Yeah. over 300 rushing yards, I believe, 500-plus total yards. But, yeah, Jared Goff, 25 of 42, 59.5%, 355, three touchdowns, three carries, 15 yards, and a fumble. Sam Darnold has been getting it done. He's doing enough. He's supplementing the run game when he has to, making the throws that he has to, and it's looking good. 15 of 22, 68.2%, 250 yards, one touchdown. Six carries, 19 yards, and one rushing score as well. I think the biggest thing, no turnovers, is is why Sam Darnold and the Panthers have been winning. Yeah, it's been, and, and I think the only thing that I have to say about it is, I mean, just what a job Steve Wilkes has done taking the reins. Um, I mean, this is a team that was written off completely um, in the hunt for the number one overall pick, and now... Like you said, I mean, they're still technically alive in the in the NFC South, which is absurd. Um, but yeah, good on good on Wilkes. Isn't it? If 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 they went out right, they they win the South. Is that? I think so. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah, that's right. Who would have yeah. thought? Yeah, I agree, Logan. I mean, yeah, a few weeks ago they were they were done for. Everyone was picking the box. Now look at the box. Barely beating the Cardinals. I mean, we'll talk about that a little bit here, but yeah, the Panthers, you know, they're looking decent. I mean, Sam Darnold not having Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, right behind him, I think that's giving him a lot more uh, comfortability in terms of 
getting the job done. Yeah, and it's uh, pretty much winner take all uh, coming up on New Year's Day. Panthers hosting, or uh, Panthers in Tampa. Um, Bucks win, they win the division. Panthers win, they need a win against the Saints week 18 to win the division. Uh, Saints need a lot of help to win the division. Starts with a Panthers win. Uh, because then the Panthers-Saints game would be for the division if the Saints would win this weekend as well. Mm. Um, but the Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard, Raheem Blackshear, three-headed monster, getting it done. Uh, Foreman, 21 carries, 165, one touchdown. Hubbard, 12 carries, 125. They were just gashing them. Uh, I don't know how many plays they had, 30-plus yard plays, but they had more play 30-plus yard plays in this game, I believe, than they had all season combined. So um, really just crushing them on the ground. Uh, start of the fourth here in the quick lane bowl, Bowling Green getting a field goal to push it to a 14-point deficit there. So might have some life for the Falcons late in this one. We'll have to wait and see. But um, Detroit couldn't run the ball at all. Swift, their leading ball carrier with just 12 yards. Um, actually, Golf really their leading rusher with 15 there. Uh, well, I was surprised Jamal Williams really didn't factor in at all. Um, DJ Chark, though, four catches, 108 yards, five targets. He was the leading receiver in this one. And then his running mate, Amon Ross St. Brown, seven catches, 76 yards, 13 targets. So double-digit targets for him. And then how about just the the weirdest, like, Christmas miracle thing of all? <laughs> Tight end Shane Zilstra. Uh, Brandon Zilstra's brother, who is actually on the Lions as well, but he's on the practice squad. Shane's on the active roster. Uh, five catches, 26 yards, a hat trick. Three touchdowns for Zilstra, six targets for him. Um, it was just one of the weirdest performances I've ever seen. <laughs> him and golf were the only one who had their Wheaties that morning. Yeah. <laughs> um... And then Brian Burns is defensive player of the game. Two tackles, uh, both solos. Two sacks, two tackles for loss, one pass flexion, and three QB hits. Panthers, plus two. They went outright over 43.5. And, and I think the Panthers are already um, underdogs against the Bucks. I think that's what – I forget what the line was. I think it's three for Tampa next week right now. And, oh, Lord, I think the Bowling Green Falcons just got onside kick. Mm. Maybe. Nope. New Mexico State recovered. Uh, Bills destroying the Bears 35-13. This is what we all thought was going to happen. Uh, Josh Allen really didn't have that great of a day. Uh, it was windy as hell in Chicago. Um, they really couldn't throw the ball efficiently. 15 of 26. 57.7%, 172 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, six carries, 41 yards, and a rushing score. Um, Bears played two quarterbacks. Justin Fields got dinged up, I think. That was why Peterman came in. But 15 of 23 for Fields, 65.2%, 119 yards, one touchdown, seven carries, 11 yards, and then Nathan Peterman, three of five, 60%, 25 yards, and a pick. Uh, Nathan Pickerman. 
um, <laughs> as some people might call him. But, um, yeah, uh, the Bills continue to roll along. Massive, massive Monday night game coming up, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. But, um, yeah, it's getting down to it. Bills are still holding that one seed. I think they can hold on. Yeah, I I agree. Um, again, like I said, the the big showdown coming on Monday, but the Bears now are interesting because they, with the Texans' win, are now just a half a game out of the number one overall pick. I it that would be so fascinating to see what Chicago would do. Yeah, I don't think they would pick a quarterback. Yeah, I would pick Bryce Young. <laughs> I would maybe trade out. I would trade Justin Fields for another first round pick, and and get Bryce Young. It'd be interesting. I mean, you could reset the timeline with that move. Um, but I think if you're a Bears fan, the takeaway is is that you could do any number of one of those things. You could trade down. You could. Um, Stay at your pick and take either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, probably. Um, you know, or or um, you know, you could you could take a quarterback and then maybe get some draft capital from Fields. Um, it, but um, yeah, it, it's just really interesting. I, I think the draft is really going to start there, um, as opposed to kind of last year where it kind of started at that three pick and we kind of knew. Who are the top two? I think we're going to get started right away at the top. I think, yeah, I think they're going to be intriguing anyways, uh, even if they do land at two, uh, because they will have the option of the second-best quarterback that the Texans don't take. Um, <laughs> I, I would just advising you, Chicago, don't take another Ohio State quarterback. Um, <laughs> just don't do it. It's not, not good business. Uh, but Devin Single, the running game was went crazy in this one for the Bills. Devin Singletary, James Cook, uh, Singletary there, twelve carries, one hundred six yards, one touchdown, two catches, nineteen yards. James Cook, eleven carries, ninety nine yards, a touchdown, one catch for nine yards as well. Leading receiver in this one was uh, surprisingly Bears wide receiver, uh, third round rookie Valus Jones Jr. Two catches, 52 yards, four targets. Um, yeah, because Stephon Diggs really, really crapped the bed on, on me in fantasy. But luckily I won. I, I won. So uh, we're, we're to the chip. We're, we're heading to the championship next week. Uh, tough week for a lot of my guys matchup-wise, but um, we're there. In the in the only, only one that I'm in the playoffs in. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. I want, like, five. Six. How many leagues are you in? Uh, I'm in a lot of leagues, but I'm in uh, three three paid dynasties, and I think uh, four. Yeah, three paid dynasties and three paid three drafts. But the dynasty league that I run is the one I'm in the championship. So, mm-hmm. um. Defense play of the game, easy. Bills defensive tackle Ed Oliver, four tackles, all of them solos, one sack, two tackles for loss, two pass deflections, and a QB hit. Bills, minus eight, covered easily, over 40 and a half. 
Saints, how about the Saints coming back down 10-0, scored 17 unanswered to win the game. Um, and once again, I mean, <laughs> the Deshaun Watson offense looks absolutely terrible. Um, it looked good when they were up 10-0, but <laughs> when they didn't score any points after that, <laughs> it looked really bad. Uh, but yeah, 15 of 31, 48.4%. For Deshaun, 135 yards, one pick, three carries, 24 yards, a rushing score. Uh, Andy Dalton really wasn't much better. Uh, 8 of 15, 53.3%, 92 yards, and a pick. And I really don't know how the Saints won this game. I had it up on my uh, quad box on my laptop for Sunday ticket, but I couldn't tell you how they won this game because it was just like so boring. Yeah, I don't know how the Saints are just still alive. They're another team where it's just like back from the dead, man. We were talking about how the Eagles were going to potentially win the Super Bowl and get a top five pick because they were just so bad. Uh, and now they are also still in the hunt for that just really bad NFC South. It yeah. reminds me of the uh, NFC West in, what, 2010? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of crazy though. I saw this uh, this one guy post on Twitter today. He did a, a simulation or like put a scenario out there of how the teams get a lot of help and the the Panthers and the Bucks make it at seven and nine. Yeah, Panthers win the wow. NFC South. Bucks get in as a seven seed. The NFC has just been so bad this year. <laughs> Well, it's yeah, but it's both the NFC and the AFC. The the bubble teams have condensed so quickly the last like two or three weeks because the teams above are I keep keep losing and the teams below keep winning. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting for seventeen and eighteen coming up, um, especially because we already know one week eighteen matchup is for a playoff spot: Jags, Titans is going to be for the AFC South. Um, but yeah, Nick Chubb led the game in rushing, no surprise. 24 carries, 92 yards, one catch for 10 yards. I was very appreciative of, of Mr. Kamara's uh, Christmas Eve performance not doing that well. Um, you know, still pretty good performance fantasy-wise, but not uh, Christmas from last year. Um, <laughs> where he scored five touchdowns against the Vikings. But uh, I, I was happy that he didn't do that well because uh, I was playing against him. Amari Cooper for the Browns led the game in receiving six catches, 72 yards on 10 targets. Taysom Hill scoring a touchdown. That should be uh, above the Cooper there. But uh, defensively, going to go with Saints defensive end Carl Granderson. Six tackles, five solos. One sack, three tackles for loss, two QB hits. Saints plus three went outright under 32. I think I lone wolfed the Saints. Chiefs, 24-10 over the Seahawks. Uh, I didn't watch this game. I started, I think I, I had it on and then I switched it to one of my other, one of the other games. Because uh, this one was pretty boring. The Chiefs went up early and never relinquished 
Patrick Mahomes, 16 to 28, 57.1%, 224 yards, two touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. And then Geno, 25 of 40, 62.5%, 215 yards, one touchdown, one pick, three carries, 16 yards. And the Seahawks are just a complete dumpster fire right now. Yet they're still a half a game out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Danny and I got a uh, an early Christmas present from a lot of these games. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this was one of those where we, oh, we got a lot of help uh, as Packers fans. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. very appreciative of that. Yep. <laughs> good to see. I mean, I didn't have any uh, any doubt the Chiefs would pull off a victory here. So even, even after last week when they barely beat the Texans. Mm. Yeah, especially in Kansas City. Um, yeah, tough place to play. The um, the Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker the third he led the game in rushing twenty six carries, one hundred seven yards, two catches for minus two yards. Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey led the game in receiving six catches, one hundred thirteen yards on eight targets. And defensively, I'm going to go with uh, Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones. Four tackles, two solos, one sack, two tackles for loss, four QB hits. Wow, that is a massive turnover. Bowling Green driving. Looks like uh, New Mexico State gets a fumble recovery inside the 10-yard line. Chiefs cover minus 10, under 50 and a half. What a game in Minneapolis. The Vikings are the luckiest team in the NFL. 27-24 over the Giants. 61-yard walk-off from Greg Joseph. Um, they are now, what is it, 11-0 or 10-0? I don't remember which number it is. I think it's eleven and zero. Yeah, eleven and zero in one score games, That's which nice. is the most in NFL history. When is our luck gonna run out? <laughs> in the playoffs, probably. Uh, yeah, when they come to Philly again in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we Vi- me and Logan were Vikings fans. yeah yeah Yeah, unfortunately uh. yeah well uh if the packers could beat them next week that would uh that would be that would help me out that that would help me out a little bit Um, this is like the most juice that vikings week has had in a long time (laughs) uh but daniel jones really played well uh 30 of 42 71.4 percent 334 yards, one touchdown, one pick, four carries, 34 yards. Kirk Cousins, a yard shy of 300, but he was electric, 34 of 48, 70.8%, 299, three touchdowns. Uh, very high quarterback play. This is one of one of the few games I think we've seen both sides actually have really good quarterback play. Um I feel like it's always one side or just both just absolutely suck, like the Browns game. Um, but, yeah, I was um, kind of surprised at the Giants. They they can uh, clinch a playoff berth of the win coming up this week 
Uh, I don't remember who they play, but regardless. Uh, Saquon led the game in rushing, 14 carries, 84 yards, 8 catches, 49 yards on 10 targets. I absolutely love his receiving. Uh, love that PPR fantasy points there. Keep throwing in the ball, DJ. I need the points in the in the championship game. <laughs> that was a that was a uh, off season trade I I did um, that I got Saquon in for cheap. <laughs> I'll just <Yeah>. say that. <laughs> I low, yep. I knew I got him and Jalen Hurts this off season from wow. two different owners, and it was now now would be an arm and a leg to acquire those two guys. Yeah. I I trusted Saquon. I, I, I trusted that he said he was healthy, and I I, I felt it. And, I, of course, I knew Jalen Hurts was going to be good this year. Uh, but the Vikings wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, he led the game in receiving 12 catches, 133 yards, one touchdown, 16 targets. We had four guys have double-digit targets in this game, obviously 600-plus passing yards. Uh, also on my fantasy team in my, the dynasty league, I'm in the playoffs and tight end TJ Hawkinson, my starting tight end, absolutely just demolished the giants, 13 receptions, 109 yards, two touchdowns, 16 targets for him. Um, I thought he might, he was going to get a hat trick cause Kirk threw him like one or two other balls in the end zone and they couldn't get it. But, uh. 35 points was a nice nice Christmas present from TJ to myself. Mm. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then the other two double-digit target guys here, Giants receivers Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins, eight catches, 90 yards on 12 targets for James. Hodgins getting eight catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets. Those two guys really have come out of nowhere. Uh, Hodgins released earlier this year by the Bills. Didn't think he was going to play football again, and then the Giants picked him up, and he's using everything that Stephon Diggs taught him, he said. So, pretty good person to learn from. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and then the defensive player of the game here, I'm going to go with Vikings linebacker Daniil Hunter. Seven tackles, five solos, two sacks, four QB hits. Giants did cover plus four and a half over 48. All right, Rusty, I'm going to head out. But before I go, go Paco. <laughs> I got to win this weekend, obviously, and then beat the Lions too. But great game in Miami. I wasn't confident in them, but now I am. Their defense looks great. This guy, Rogers, this guy lone wolfed them. This guy. <laughs> The Packers you, uh, had confidence him. in them, Logan. I did not. I was like, ah, oh, it's over. Especially when they have, they had they had the opportunity to go up twenty seven ten Miami, but Jordan Reed with a huge, huge uh, QB strip and recovery. Yep. So much needed. So <laughs> they're looking good. I, they just got to continue, and I'm glad they're in, they're at home the last couple games. Just win, baby. <laughs> and I know that Washington's going to lose game. I just, I just feel that too. So, all right, Danny. <laughs> Happy New Year, man. All right. Happy New Year. Take care. Uh, but how about this game? This game was fun to watch. Uh, the Bengals twenty-two eighteen over the Patriots. 
Joe Burrow just slicing them up. Uh, 40 to 52, 76.9%, 375 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Those two picks allowed the Patriots to get back in, though. Uh, it was 22 to zero. <laughs> and the Patriots were coming back. Uh, couldn't get it done, though. Mac Jones for New England, 21 to 33, 63.6%, 240 yards, two touchdowns. And I am hearing people call. Patriots fans, I'm, I'm hearing them call for Max Head now. Uh, they want a new quarterback, apparently. Yeah, you know, it's... He just kind of has kind of what, what, what we all thought of kind of in the pre-draft process. He's just kind of average. <laughs> um, and honestly, if you kind of play average in the NFL, like, you're just not going to win a lot of games with an average quarterback, unfortunately. Um, did you see the, the hit going on on Twitter? The dirty yeah. play he did yeah, on, the, on the return Apple. interception? That that wasn't even an, uh, a fumble. Right. <laughs> it's an incomplete pass. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's – I, I think it's – He's going to get yeah. fined, they said, probably. He's, they're, get, they're looking at it anyways. Yeah. Because it's not the only time that he's done that. Yeah. Um, well, but if he would have done it against yeah, Chandler Jones, maybe they wouldn't have lost that game. But <laughs> yeah, it's I just don't know what the Patriots do, what other kind of options they have. Um, they have a guy that is number four. Um, <laughs> that's his backup. <laughs> I mean, at this point in the season, I don't. I, I mean, you could see if he gets a shot. I don't think Bailey Zappi is going to be the answer. Um, I think he's going to be a good career quarterback. I don't know if he can be a starter. Um, yeah, I don't know. The Patriots are just one of those teams that are in a weird spot. Um, the Bengals, though, it's really interesting. For me, the Bengals are probably the hottest team in football. Um, and I think they're one of three teams that are kind of in an equal share of potentially coming out of the AFC. I think it's Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills as the favorites. And I think any one of those three um, could come out of it, um, and, and I would believe it. Um, they're playing really well right now. Um, like you said, they almost kind of fumbled it away, um, but still got the win. They still look pretty sharp overall. Um, so it's going to be really interesting coming down the stretch. Yeah, they are the other team in that massive – Week uh, 17, Monday night game against Buffalo. That mm. will determine a lot. Yep. Um, especially depending on what happens with Kansas City's game uh, against <laughs> the Broncos, which uh, we have a, have to have a conversation about. <laughs> uh, but... Joe Mixon, the Bengals running back, led the game in rushing 16 carries, 65 yards, 7 receptions, 45 yards, 9 targets. Mixon owners loving the, uh, just like I love the Saquon PPR, Mixon owners getting the, the PPR from him there. Uh, Patriots really got shut down running the ball. Ramondre Stevenson, 30 yards, that was their leading rusher. Uh, so nice job by Lou Anaromo's defense there for Cincy. 200-yard receivers in this one. Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins 
eight catches, 128 yards, a touchdown, nine targets. He was just mossing the uh, the New England corners all day. It was just jump balls to, to T. And then uh, how about surprise performance uh, from Patriots wide receiver Kendrick Bourne, six catches, 100 yards, even one touchdown on nine targets there. Uh, interesting scenario. The <laughs> Not that I really changed anything. It's still a two-score game, but the uh, Bowling Green just got a safety, so it is 24-12. to 12. Um, we'll, we'll see. 7-10 to go in the game. Still, still a chance for the Falcons. All left. Uh, Jamar Chase for the Bengals. He had a double-digit target day here. Eight catches, seventy-nine yards, eleven targets, and a fumble. And Bengals wide receiver Trenton Irwin's been really coming on. Just he's um kind of been their their third guy, really. Uh. Three catches, 45 yards, two touchdowns, four targets. And I feel like he's really just been Joe Burrow's red zone guy because it seems like he's been scoring like the last three weeks. <laughs> and uh, Patriots corner Marcus Jones is the player of the game. Just continues to have a phenomenal rookie season. 14 tackles, 12 of them solos, one tackle for loss, one pass selection, 69-yard pick six. I mean. You can't do much better than that. <laughs> I, I I knew he was going to be good. I, I just yeah. I didn't know he was going to be good, that good on defense right away. I knew yeah. he was going to be good on special teams. but And he has been good on special teams, and he's exceeded our expectations on defense. So another one of those kind of um, mid-to-late-round classic patriot um you know developed guys that that have been able to really come in this system and and pay off it's really impressive yeah not cole strange but (laughs) (laughs) uh (laughs) haven't heard much about him this year yet (laughs) but the uh bangles did cover though minus three under 41 and a half raven staying alive in the afc north Picture staying one game back. Um, they got flexed in to Sunday night this week against the Steelers. Uh, Ravens w- clinched a playoff berth last week, so they are already in. Um, more than likely, it's going to be Tyler Huntley again against the Steelers. Steelers! Uh, just, they keep playing, staying alive in the locker room. Because uh, that's what they've been doing the last couple of weeks. Uh, their lone loss in the last couple has been to the Ravens. So, need this one. And I think I did say at some point that the Steelers were going to make the playoffs based off their schedule. And that they were going to, at the worst, if they didn't win out, they were going to lose one. And that was going to be to the Ravens, which they already did. And they could have won that game, even with Mitch Trubisky going in after Kenny got hurt. But Kenny Pickett's shown maturity, and I think uh, he's got a good chance at that one. But we're I'm getting way off track. Um. <laughs> You're doing the preview before the... <laughs> <laughs> but the Ravens, 17-9 over the Falcons. Uh, Desmond Ritter, He this was probably his best game, I think, out of his... Uh, what is this, his third start now? Second? I don't remember. 
I, I lose track. But uh, 22 of 33, 66.7%, 218 yards. Uh, Tyler Huntley, is he's just not been that great. Not like last year. It was I was really excited about his free agency status for 2023 because he was going to be a restricted free agent. He was a exclusive rights last year, but he was going to be an RFA this year, and I was going to – I mean, I still am interested to see what, what tag the Ravens put on him, but um, 9 of 17, 52.9%, 115 yards, one touchdown. 11 carries for 26 yards. It's The Ravens have scored 20 points combined the last two weeks. Yeah, and I think, you know, not to make too many excuses for Huntley, but to be quite honest, I mean, that wide receiver room mm-hmm. for the Ravens is just very bad. Uh, they, they really don't have a lot of weapons in that area, and it's really hurt them this season, even before Lamar. Um went down you know they struggled to move um the ball that way um and it's clearly having an effect on kind of the offense so i mean you're talking about you know the packers waving sammy watkins um who (laughs) i mean even though you know we've had a lot of guys step up in that room this year there's it's been in flux all season um they you know, signed a 35-year-old Deshaun Jackson. I mean. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And, and Sammy Watkins, they picked him up and started him this week. And I understand <laughs> that he has some injuries and he knows the offense, yada, yada, yada. But, like, if you're forced to do those kind of things, you know you have a glaring issue um, in terms of that area, your personnel. So that's going to be their one of their big needs this offseason. Yeah, which it still doesn't. It still never made sense, the, the Marquise Brown trade. It just it never made sense, um, yeah. even for a first-round pick that they didn't use on a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, but, yeah, it's Devin DuVernay went down last week in practice. He's gone for the year, so I don't know. Uh, but, and I, I'm right now – you know, they're going to play what I think is going to be the Jags. Um, so I, I, I'm picking the Jags at this point in that matchup in, in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I think, honestly, I think at this point the Jags would be favored in that yeah. because of how hot they've been. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Gus Edwards led the game in rushing 11 carries, 99 yards. I was highly disappointed with – J.K. Dobbins' performance in this one, he it wasn't terrible, but um, fantasy-wise, he wasn't that great. Um, and the, the Falcons weren't that good at stopping the run, so kind of surprised that Gus got as many carries as he did for one, but that J.K. kind of wasn't that great. Yeah, um, and I, I just hope J.K. Dobbins can just get healthy because, you know, it, I think he can be a special player when he's healthy. Um, but it's that's a big if. Uh, rookie wide receiver Drake London led the game in receiving seven receptions, 96 yards, nine targets, but for the second week in a row he's fumbled, and it's been at a critical juncture in the game. Um, he just needs to hold on to the ball because um, it's really been hurting the Falcons the last two weeks, uh, especially you know like against the Saints last week where it's just like, 
crushing loss uh, because he fumbled that when they were driving to tie the game. Um, defensively, there wasn't much, but I'm going to go with uh, Ravens linebacker Patrick Queen, nine tackles, one solo, half a sack, one pass deflection, two QB hits. Ravens cover minus six and a half, under 35 and a half. How about the Texans? Lovey Smith getting his second win of the season, 19 to 14 over the Titans. The Titans are just absolute trash right now. Um, Malik Malik Willis is what we all thought he was is a project. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, Ryan Tannehill is out for the regular season, possibly for the year if they do make the playoffs. Yeah. If you're Mike Vrabel, do you think about Logan Woodside at all? I mean, I think you have to if you want to keep your your playoff hopes alive. Um, because, I mean, I just... Malik just hasn't been getting it done, and it's unfortunate for me to say because... And I still do really like the skill set that Malik Willis has. Like you said, we all expected him to be a project... Um, and we all hoped he went to a situation where he didn't have to get thrown into the fire right away. Unfortunately, he does. Um, and he's just not quite ready um, for that. Um, I think if you don't look elsewhere, um, you're going to have to change the offense up a little bit and utilize his legs. Um, read option stuff, RPO, that kind of stuff even though that doesn't really fit what your personnel is in sort of a power run scheme, you, you're going to have to, you know, be adaptable. Um, but yeah, it, it's unfortunate for the Titans who midway through the season really kind of picked up and we're, and we're looking good. And, you know, it's just um, for what has feel, felt like the third or fourth season in a row. Now injuries have just killed this team, man. And, and it's, it's an unfortunate part of our game, but the Titans have felt it more than anybody. Yeah, uh, Davis Mills here, pretty solid. 17 of 28, 60.7%, 178 yards, one touchdown, a pick. Jeff Driscoll continues to get snaps. It's really a weird, because I really don't watch the Texans games, um, but it's just, it's so weird. For This is the third week in a row, I think, Jeff Driscoll has thrown a pass, uh, multiple passes, and he went three of four. For 40 yards in this one. Um, I think it's a nice wrinkle. It's sort of like a Taysom Hill kind of thing. Because Driscoll is a very athletic running quarterback. Um, that had had switched to wide receiver at one point in his career. And switched back to quarterback. Um, but yeah, Malik Willis, 14-23. 60.9%. 99 yards. Two picks. Seven carries. 43 yards. A touchdown. Derrick Henry for Tennessee. Led the game in rushing, 23 carries, 126 yards, one touchdown. Second week in a row, though, he has fumbled the ball. Uh, So Henry has had some um, ball protection issues. And then uh, two catches, zero yards for King Henry there. Texans wide receiver Philip Dorsett led the game in receiving three catches, 45 yards on three targets. I was happy to start Brandon Cooks in my, uh, my loser's bracket fraternity league uh need a justin herbert christmas miracle tonight um to win my game in the loser's bracket and uh 
not advance to the Losers' Championship game um, because it's the toilet bowl, so losers move on. So, yeah, I would like to not have to worry about finishing last <laughs> next week. So we need, 25, we need 26 points from Herbs tonight. Uh, how about Rex Burkhead? No, no uh, carries in this game, but two catches for seven yards on two targets, and he had a zero-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown on a Davis Mills uh, fumble there that that popped into the end zone and uh, sexy Rexy recovered it there. So nice way to score a touchdown for him. And uh, defensively. Couple of guys here. Uh, Titans defensive end Danico Autry, seven tackles, five solos, one sack, two tackles for loss, two pass deflections, and two QB hits. Um, and then Texans linebacker Ogbania Okoronkwo, uh, five tackles, all of them solos, two sacks, three tackles for loss, two QB hits. I also want to say, though, Jalen Petrie has been an absolute stud for the Texans all year. Rookie second round pick. Uh, he's been their leading tackler, I think. I don't know the exact stats, but he is tackling machine. And he has a, a couple picks as well this year. Yeah. Him and him and Derek Stingley being foundational pieces in that secondary was was a really good draft strategy for the Texans last year. Um and the Texans plus three, they went out right under thirty-four. The update on the Quick Lane Bowl here, Bowling Green has scored. They uh, are now down 5, 24-19. Looks like the Aggies just got a first down, though, uh, with, uh, I think, four and a half to go. So we're getting down to it. It's a close one in Detroit. The command, uh, Niners... Crushing the Commanders, 37-20, and uh, we have a quarterback controversy once again in D.C. Taylor Heineke got pulled, but his stats are still very good. I, I mean, 13 of 18, 72.2%, 166 yards, two touchdowns. The turnovers were bad, one pick and a fumble. Carson Wentz did play well, though. I didn't watch the second half of this game because I was on the road watching the Eagles game on my phone. But uh, Carson Wentz, 12 of 16, 75%, 123 yards, a touchdown. And they're on the brink now. They're, you know, <laughs> they're still a half a game up. They can clinch next week with uh, with some help from uh, the Lions, Seahawks, and Packers, all needing to lose in order for them. And they need a win as well to, to clinch that. But... Um, yeah, the Commanders are, are an interesting bunch. Yeah. It's... And I, I don't necessarily... I'm not sure about the QB switch because I think Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke, in terms of what they can give your football team, are like on the same footing. Mm -hmm. um, they're different play styles, different physically, but in terms of the net result, what you're going to see on the field, I think it's the same. So I think if you're Ron Rivera... The only way you make a QB change is if you are looking towards next year and who you want to be on the team next year, whether that's the starter or backup or, or what, what have you. Um, at this point in the season, 
if you have two guys who I think can produce at the same level, I think you favor continu- continuity over anything when you're still in the playoff race. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really get pulling him. Now, I didn't see the game, so I don't know if, if Heineke was really – like one interception, one fumble, maybe he was just, you know, being too turnover happy. But we know that Carson Wentz is plenty capable of that as well. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting – um, and they're they're really kind of fighting for their lives at this point after kind of being hot, being one of those hot teams midseason. I heard it was uh, them not being able to finish drives. But he did throw two touchdowns, so I don't know. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. If you're looking at the playoffs, you're going to have to go to Minnesota right now. Who do I think has the best chance – gives you the best chance on the road in Minnesota is Taylor Heineke. He has playoff experience. Carson Wentz doesn't. Carson Wentz has never started a playoff game. He was injured the two times the Eagles were in the playoffs in his career. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Heineke, I think, gives you the best chance in the playoffs. But, yeah, you've got to make a decision about Wentz next year. He's on the books for a lot of money. And if you're thinking about next year and you're thinking about whether you're going to keep him or take the big cap hit, you gotta you got to play him. And I think the big thing is, is that to create a quarterback controversy at this stage in the game, when you're trying to get into the playoffs, you need to be sure that you're going to get a bump and that the the other guy gives you a better chance at winning. And I just don't see how you can be so sure of that by making that decision, but we'll see. Uh, the Purdy Parade for the Niners, though, keeps on rolling. 15-22 for Brock, 16, 68.2%, 234 yards, two touchdowns a pick. Brian Robinson Jr. actually led the game in rushing, 22 carries, 58 yards. CMC struggled. But it's the, you know, commander's defensive line, very solid. Chase Young's first game of the season, so he helped that run defense also. Um, Niners tight end George Kittle continues to just absolutely dominate. Two weeks in a row, he's been on my bench, and I feel like I have to leave him there, though. Uh, Just because I know I'm going to put him in in the championship game and he's going to lay an egg... Um, even though Debo's not there, Purdy has been throwing it to him all the time. I don't know. That's a decision I'll talk about probably on Friday or on Thursday because that's when we'll have our show. But, uh, yeah, Kittle, six receptions, 120 yards, two touchdowns, eight targets there. And uh, Ray Ray McLeod also, uh, he was the actual leader in rushing in this game. He had one target on offense, uh, receiving-wise, and then he had a 71-yard end-around rushing touchdown, which was pretty electric there. Defensively, it's always Nick Bosa (laughs) with Niners games. Seven tackles, five solos, two sacks, two tackles for loss, four QB hits. Niners, minus six easily, over 37. Got 37 by themselves, but... uh, yeah, Cowboys beating the Eagles 40-34. to 
I loaned Wolf my birds because I thought they could get it done, and they really could have. Um, Gardner Minshew was fantastic. Um, you just can't have four turnovers and think you're going to win. Uh, so that was the biggest issue. That's why the Cowboys scored 20, half of their points off of those four turnovers, 20 uh, points off four there. But other than that, I mean, I think that Gardner Minshew proved that the Eagles can win with him at quarterback. If they don't have those turnovers, I mean, I think the Eagles win this easily by maybe like 10. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that the biggest thing for the Eagles moving forward is just making sure that Jalen Hurts doesn't have any more any nagging, lingering injuries going into the playoffs. And I think you mentioning how well Minshew played plays into that because let's say if it's still kind of bothering him going into this week, I think you still play Minshew and just make sure 100% that Hurts is healthy because, like you said, you, you can win with them. This is this is a one-score game, um, you know, where, where either team could have won with even with your backup quarterback. So... Um, I, I think you just focus on getting Jalen Hurts healthy. Um, yeah. Yeah, and despite the four turnovers, they still had a chance at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, the It was just kind of crazy, though, and annoying at the same time. But uh, the Cowboys had their best pass rush of the day on the last play, last offensive play of the Eagles game um, in completion to A.J. Brown, which I thought was also weird because... I thought AJ was tracking it because he was looking over his right shoulder, and I thought he had. I thought he had. had he, he. I thought he had his eyes on the ball, and then he just looks straight, and the ball lands like a foot and a half or two feet in front of him. And I'm like, I, I thought you had it. You were looking at it, but um, it's all right. I, I think the Eagles can get it done this week against the Saints. Um, clinch that number one seed. Jalen is pushing to play, though, this week. So I do agree with you, but I think uh, a cool scenario would be to have Jalen active, have him be the backup to to Minshew. If Minshew's struggling or the Eagles are losing, say, like at halftime, you can put Hurts in, know that you're going to get him, um, you know, for a whole half there and trust that he can win you the ball game. So, I don't know. That's just an outside-the-box solution in my mind. But anyways, Minchu though, 24 of 40, 60%, 355 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, one rushing touchdown and a fumble. Um, I That fumble is not on him. Uh, I think that they credited that fumble um, to him on the Boston Scott exchange. But it's... Not on him. Uh, Dak Prescott, 27 of 35, 77.1%, 347 yards, three touchdowns, one pick, six carries, 41 yards. Miles Sanders was pretty decent. Uh, Neither team could effectively run the ball. 21 carries, 65 yards, a fumble, one reception for six yards. Zeke has scored an eight straight now. Um, Really a boost to my fantasy team. Um him scoring touchdowns every week. That's the only reason I'm starting him. But uh, 
biggest issue with the Eagles defense, they couldn't cover 88. Cowboys wide receiver CeeDee Lamb uh, was uncoverable for most of the game. Second half, they really did shut him down because I think he had eight catches in the first half for 100 yards. Um, but 10 catches, 120 yards, two touchdowns on 11 targets. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown continued to, to eat. Um, Smith with eight catches, 113 yards, two touchdowns, 12 targets. Brown, six catches, 103 yards on eight targets there. Another thing in this game was Darius Slay, you cannot allow T.Y. Hilton to catch a ball on third and 30. Um, don't understand how that happened. Don't understand how... Um, I don't remember who the safety was that was coming across, whether Marcus Epps or Avante Maddox, but, um, that you can't, I don't, I don't understand how that happens. Uh, but regardless, defensively, I'm going to go with my boy Eagles defensive end, Josh Sweat, three tackles, one solo, one and a half sacks, one tackle for loss, one pass deflection, two QB hits. 42-yard pick six. That was uh, really amazing to watch. Update on the Quick Lane Bowl. Your New Mexico State Aggies are your 2022 Quick Lane Bowl champions. 24-19, your final. Jerry Kill, New Mexico State head coach. His first career bowl win uh, was 0-5 previously. While uh, I don't know if he had any other bowl I don't know if he was a head coach anywhere else other than Minnesota, but um, yeah, good to see Jerry Kill get his first win. Diego Pavia, the Aggies quarterback, your player of the game as well. Finish up this one. Cowboys cover minus four over 48. We won it for Franco. Steelers 13 to 10 over the Raiders in the Immaculate reception game. Franco Harris's jersey retirement ceremony at halftime um, was really great to watch. Um, his wife and son made the trip to Pittsburgh to be there for it, um, and it was I I really almost shed some tears there when uh, when Mister Rooney said, you know the the big man was supposed to be here with us. Um, to do this but uh yeah that was pretty moving there and the Steelers you had to you had to win it for Franco um there were 32s all over the stadium this the players came into the stadium with his jerseys on um Kenny Pickett really showed some guts in this one 26 of 39 66.7 percent 244 yards one touchdown a pick uh, Derek Carr struggled 16 to 30, 53.3%, 174 yards, one touchdown, three picks, three carries for 14 yards. And the Steelers defense looked like the Steelers defense in this one. Um, so that's encouraging and two wins and, and Tomlin doesn't have to worry about anything else anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's a cool moment winning that um, for Franco Harris. You know, I I couldn't believe it, you know, hearing the, the news because, I mean, literally, like, the the they were hyping up the anniversary um, mm -hmm. for weeks now. Um, it's just one of those crazy um, kind of coincidences. 
Um, but yeah, great win for Pittsburgh. Like you said, great defensive effort. The Raiders, I just, I don't know what to say about this, this team. This was one of those games I had kind of around in the background of one of our family gatherings, I think. So I was watching it in spurts. Um, but it seemed like every time I looked up, it was like a Derek Carr overthrow of Devontae Adams. It's, <laughs> it's just, and it's just kind of how it's been this year for the Raiders. They just haven't been able to, they, they, they can almost beat anyone on any given Sunday, but they just haven't been able to do anything consistently. And there are games where they look like this, where it's just, I mean, they looked like the worst team out of all the games on Sunday. Um, just weren't able to do much and i don't know where they go from here to be honest um yeah i don't know it's it's a tough scene uh for las vegas um but they're not good on coach tomlin <laughs> they're not technically eliminated yet the raiders <laughs> i don't know what yeah. there's i don't know what their scenario is but yeah it's not over <laughs> quite yet but it's it's just not looking good. Uh, the leading ball carrier in this one, Najee Harris. Of course it was a Harris that led the game in rushing, right? 16 carries, 53 yards, 6 receptions, 42 yards on 9 targets. Um, he was close with, with Franco, um, just like James Conner was. Cardinals, like, talk about. Um, Steelers tight end Pat Fryermuth, the leading receiver in this one, 7 catches, 66 yards on 8 targets. Him and Pickett really have a, a great connection, just like him and Pickens, uh, just like Pickett and Pickens there. Um, and speaking of George Pickens, five catches, 57 yards. The game-winning touchdown on five targets um, came on strong in the second half, made some great catches there. Uh, defensively, I'm going to go with uh, Steelers defensive tackle Cameron Hayward. Seven tackles, four solos, two sacks, three tackles for loss, one pass deflection. Two QB hits. He was also uh, close with Franco and a very, very big fan uh, of Franco's as well. So good to see Cam get it done for him. Steelers did cover minus two and a half by the hook under 38 easily. Here you go. Packers. 26 to 20 on Christmas Day yesterday. Um, Tua Tagovailoa, 16-25, 64%, 310-yards, one touchdown, but three picks crushed the Dolphins most of the day there. Rodgers, uh, pretty good, 24-38, 63.2%, 238 yards, one touchdown, a pick, seven carries, 18 yards. A lot of, the first half was very questionable. LaFleur missed a fake punt. At his own, what was that, 20, 25? <laughs> I was like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> a fourth and two dive. So, I mean, that's like fourth and forever there. And if you're going to run a dive and you're starting however many yards in your backfield. <laughs> yeah. Questionable call. Um, that first half was, was rough. Um, and I mean, honestly, if it, if it isn't for a two, a meltdown, we probably lose this game. Um, just kind of plain and simple uh, Tua did kind of throw the game away. Um, that's the reality of it. 
um, because all three of those uh, interceptions, they, they kind of happened like sequentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all just really bad throws. It wasn't like a freak bobble kind of thing. Um, yeah. Just, he, he wasn't seeing the field very well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for the Packers, just just <laughs> win, baby. I mean, just survive in, in advance, get into the dance. Um and see what you can do. Like we've said, I mean, apart from like the Niners and the Eagles, that NFC, and I mean, I get, I guess the Vikings, I mean, they, they are, the Vikings, we've had some conversations about the Vikings. They are a good team, I think. I think their record is um, perhaps overrated because of how lucky they've been in those one score games, but they're still a good team. But other than that, I mean, the NFC is wide open. Um, and I think, you know, you get hot at the right time. Packers have won three straight now. Um, you know, anything can happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, two division games to finish it off. They can uh, help themselves out. Week 18 uh, by beating Detroit. Um, so, yeah. The uh, leading rusher in this one, Raheem Mostert for Miami. Eight carries, 45 yards, a fumble, two catches for four yards. Um, I was kind of shocked that the Packers weren't able to run the ball um, against the Dolphins' defense that has given up some rushing yards the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but, um, and that it was another kind of uh, a questionable decision i don't know if he was banged up or anything but your best offensive playmakers is uh is jones aaron Mm -hmm. jones um and he really was not a factor in this game he didn't see the field quite often um i remember one play they ran kind of a a halfback toss to dylan um, and it went for good yardage but with the blocking scheme jones could have ripped that for for much more just based just science you know (laughs) heavier than uh than than Aaron Jones is but um you know you don't know what's going behind the scenes there could be banged up could be something but um yeah I mean I think going forward you got to make sure that Aaron Jones is much more utilized yeah Aaron Jones was another one I was happy that really did not do great in fantasy this week (laughs) playing against him there but Waddle and Hill got theirs uh, once again despite the loss for Miami. Five catches, 143 yards, a touchdown on six targets for Jalen Waddle. Tyree Kills, four catches, 103 yards on six targets. And that first touchdown to Waddle was <laughs> just crazy because Tyreek was running right beside him the whole time. And it was just speed yeah. for days. <laughs> speed kills, man. And that's why I think, you know, the Dolphins have hit kind of a rough patch here lately. But I think as long as they get into the playoffs, I don't think anybody's going to want to face them um, just because they have two legitimate game breakers who can just change the game in seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when Waddle tore off that, it was like, what, a 70-yard touchdown? Um, yeah, 75, it, I think. I mean, it, it felt backbreaking because it was just they immediately <laughs> answered. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and defense, uh, oh, Alan Lazard, double digit targets here, five catches, 61 yards on 11 targets. And uh, defensively, I'm going to go 
with uh, Packers defensive tackle Jaron Reed. I think that's who Danny was talking about when he said Jordan Reed. But uh, six tackles, four solos, one sack, one tackle for loss, two QB hits for the big man. Uh, Packers, plus three and a half. They went outright because Rusty picked them by himself. The Packers fan didn't even pick him. <laughs> but I got him. I got Aaron's back. I didn't want to jinx him. <laughs> uh, under 49 and a half. God, this game was so bad. I didn't even watch most. I had it on my phone while I was at our family gathering there. I didn't even really pay attention, though, because it was just terrible. Rams 51 to 14 over the Broncos. Baker Mayfield, uh, I didn't check. I saw they were talking about this during the game, though. I didn't check to see if it he did get the record. Because um, they were talking about possibly Baker setting the Rams completion percentage record for a game, uh, <laughs> which he would have passed Kurt Warner. And I think he did get it. Um, 24 of 28 for Bake, 85.7%, 230 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, in three games in L.A., right, two starts, Baker Mayfield has become a Rams legend already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, I'm just going to kick Matthew Stafford to the curb next year. Go ahead with Baker Mayfield. Why not? He's he's cheaper, too. <laughs> bold. That's, that's some bold words right there. <laughs> Uh, but Russell Wilson just is, oh my God, it's so bad. 15 of 27, 55.6%, 214 yards, one touchdown, three picks, two carries, 17 yards. Brett Rippon came in late in the game, four of eight, uh, 50%, two, 45 yards and a pick. That was a pick six from Rippon. And we'll talk about what the uh, aftermath of this game was uh, in the news segment. But um, apparently Dalton Reisner and Randy Gregory, I think it was, were getting... It's Rippin. Oh, was, oh, Rippin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're getting into a, a art shouting match, and yeah. Reisner shoved Rippin, I think, or something like that. It was yeah. Just, it's bad. Well, the rumor was that Rippon was, uh, you know, kind of going to bat for Russ and telling the O-line to, um, you know, pick him up when he, he gets sacked and, and that. And <laughs> Reisner was not having it. Um, <laughs> I've seen both sides of that. A lot of um, fans are saying that Reisner has not had that great of a season. The whole O-line has been kind of suspect. At the same time, I mean, Russ has, uh, he just has been, I mean, just objectively bottom five mm-hmm. quarterback in the league. Um, statistically, just uh, just in terms of the eye test. And to see stuff like that and just clear signs of just being fed up. I mean, you see his receivers openly um, complaining on the field. It happened again. He missed a read to a wide-open Cortland Sutton um, on the perimeter. Um, 
and he chose a deep shot instead. Um, and, and you see, it's it's an incredible shot. If you haven't seen it on Twitter yet, it's that the broadcast was able to catch Russ rolling to the right. You see the check down, but it's still about 10 yards where Sutton is wide open on the perimeter. He has <laughs> at least three yards of separation on his guy. And Russ throws a hero ball down the field, and you just see Sutton just incredibly upset. Um, and to me, that kind of resentment just doesn't come up, even if it's just the on-field play. Um, I think there has to be some kind of locker room thing going on. Uh, you know, Russ is kind of an interesting personality in uh, the league. I think sometimes his personality doesn't resonate well with some of the players, especially when you have the added pressure of just having this much of a disappointing season. But I mean, it's just, they're another team where I don't know where you go from here. And it's, it's a miracle that they even have four wins. Um, could you, could you imagine if they didn't have a top five defense? Yeah. I, I mean, they yeah. would, they might be winless at this point because yeah. Their defense yeah. well, has really... And that's why I felt bad about this drubbing, because I don't think it's very reflective of how well the defense has played this year. No. Yeah, well, the offense set the Rams up with the four interceptions by the two quarterbacks. Um, and also, uh, with Denver, I lost my train of thought, really, but... <laughs> um, yeah, Your speech like it's it's, <laughs> it's just it's so bad. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they I mean, they have they have, they're scoring they're scoring fifteen and a half points per game this year. That is the worst Denver Broncos offense. I think I don't remember the exact year, but I believe it's somewhere around seventy eight. This is the this offense is that bad. Um, since, since the very bad Broncos running. days in the seventies, <laughs> Brock Osweiler was running a better offense than what is happening right now with Russell Wilson. It's yeah. just, I I don't think I've ever seen a a player fall off like this. And they've also set a record um, for the longest playoff drought from a Super Bowl winning team. Uh, they have now. Missed the playoffs seven straight years after they won Super Bowl Fifty. So, yeah, it's it's not great, and uh, the the new ownership group is is changing stuff, and and will continue to change things. Um, but how about the uh, resurgent effort by Rams running back Cam Akers? Twenty three carries, one hundred eighteen yards, three touchdowns. Two catches for 29 yards. Very great game for him. Um, happy to see Akers doing well again. Um, the Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy had a, a great game uh, regardless of the loss. Six catches, 117 yards, 10 targets. Uh, Rams tight end Tyler Higby also double-digit targets here. Nine catches, 94 yards, two touchdowns, 11 targets. He's another guy that I've just been benching. Uh, like Kittle, but he's been just going off the last couple weeks. And defensively, there was a lot of great performances, mostly on the Rams' side there. Uh, 
But I want to mention my boy Alex Singleton, linebacker for the Broncos, 20 tackles in this game, 13 of them solo. Great game for him. And then I don't even know like who to talk about because the Rams just had a million different people. I mean, Bobby Wagner had a game, Laryl Murchison. He had uh, Leonard Floyd. And then Jacoby uh, Durant there, the corner. The, uh, I believe he's in his rookie year, South, Dakota, South Carolina State uh, yep. corner there. One tackle, it was a solo. Two pass selections, two picks. One of them was an 85-yard pick six off of Brett Rippon. Rams, plus three. They went outright. Mark Lone Wolf them. His his Rams there. Over 36 Rams by themselves. And finally, Sunday Night Football. Bucks keeping their one-game lead in the NFC South. 19-16 over the Cardinals in overtime. I was so disappointed for my boy Trace McSorley. Penn State guy. Uh, I met him once at the Senior Bowl when he was there. Uh, but Tom Brady, the GOAT, does it again. 32 of 48, 66.7%, 281 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Trace, 24 of 45, 53.3%, 217 yards, one pick. Seven carries, 14 yards, two fumbles. The turnovers really hurt him. Um... James Conner here for the Cardinals, 15 carries, 79 yards, a touchdown. Seven receptions, 41 yards on eight targets there. Leonard Floyd for the Bucks. This might have been his best game in like a month. Uh, 20 carries, 72 yards, nine receptions, 90 yards on 10 targets. And those, that is where you start to get playoff Lenny coming back because that is what he did. The last two postseasons is just catch the ball out of the backfield and just crush teams because they, they couldn't cover him out of the backfield. Yeah, yeah. And they have the added threat of also Rashad Wade, who's got some fresh legs uh, in the backfield. And the Buccaneers, I mean, three three-point win against a... Kyler Murrayless Cardinals um, is third is string. A bad look. <laughs> third string quarterback. Yeah, um, and they just have been really bad this year. At the same time, it's Tom Brady. I'm never gonna bet against Tom Brady. <laughs> they get into the playoffs. Like I said, anything can happen in the playoffs. Like the guy has just been golden his entire career. Um, and even as bad as the Buccaneers have played this year, they get in the playoffs. I, I wouldn't want to face them just because of the Tom Brady factor. So, you know, we'll see. If they win the South, they're going to face Dallas, which I think they have a decent shot at, um, actually. But, uh, yeah, I don't If they make the playoffs by some miracle as a seven – have to go to Minnesota. I don't think they're going to win that one. Uh, Greg Dortch came out of nowhere to lead the game in receiving. 10 catches, 98 yards on 11 targets. Two other guys having double-digit targets in this one. Bucks wide receiver Chris Godwin, 8 catches, 63 yards, and 10 targets. And how about the absolutely atrocious 10% catch rate for DeAndre Hopkins in this game? 
One catch for four yards on ten targets. That's I I don't think I've ever seen that bad of a catch rate um, for a double digit target person. I saw the screen like shots like of people who like needed like three points or something <laughs> from Hopkins. <laughs> it's brutal, man. Fantasy football can be a killer. Uh, and defensively, I got to go with, uh, Cardinals corner Marco Wilson. Unfortunately, he got injured in this game, but four tackles, three solos, two pass deflections, and both of the picks off of Tom Brady there. Cardinals covered plus seven and a half under 41 and a half. NCAA news, pretty short here. Uh, transfer portal. You got three guys here. Uh, that have committed pit quarterback Keaton Slovis massive get uh, for Kalani Sataki at BYU um, replacing Jaron Hall. Uh, you'd have to think that means Jaron Hall is declaring. I haven't heard anything official yet, um, but he didn't play in the bowl game. So, yeah, yeah. pretty set in stone that he's going to declare um, but yeah, Slovis, a pretty decent season at Pitt this year. Um, so I'm interested to see what he does with BYU in the Big 12 next year. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's an interesting kind of swap um, because Pitt picks up Dracovic mm-hmm. and then Slovis transfers to BYU. Um, yeah, interesting storyline. Good get in the portal for them. Um, yeah, we'll see what he can do. Yeah, and then uh, Coach Prime just keeps raking. Uh, yeah. USF wide receiver Jimmy Horn Jr., he has committed to Colorado. I mean, that's just another guy. I mean, now it's going to be – I don't know how much Travis Hunter's playing offense, defense, but, you know, he's going to have Travis Hunter and Jimmy Horn Jr. now at the very least on the outside yeah. for Shadur Sanders. So. Yeah. I think they've gotten a couple other wide receiver commits. Look, you know, say what you will about, you know, I know that there's some out there who don't think that maybe he can do it, and it's kind of all hyped. But I think in this era of college football, the number one thing is recruiting Mm -hmm. and talent acquisition. And he's probably the best at it. Um, Maybe not the best, but he's definitely up there. Um, And... It's not a hard sell um, mm-hmm. if you're him. Um, I think he came out with the quote. He's like, look, I'm not really selling it. I'm just, if you are a five-star star cornerback and you want to learn from literally one of the best cornerbacks to ever do it, you know, why not? Um, so I definitely think that he's going to be able to build something at Colorado and he's at least going to put out a, a, a competitive team. Yeah, and he is so interesting because... For his age, I believe he's in his 50s, right? Uh, Late 40s at the very worst, or at the Mm. very, very uh, youngest. But Mm. at his age, not being a young, young coach in their 30s, but he is doing everything right in this era, like you said, with NIL, social media. He, He said, he said, at Jackson State, we didn't even have the resources, and we still 
had the social media campaigns to get all these guys. And now they have all the money in the world at Colorado, he said. <laughs> yes. And they, they're going to get all the guys now. Yeah. And the thing is, is that um, you're seeing just like three weeks of this where he's already had such an injection of talent into that roster. Just imagine what he does over the next couple of years in able to establish his own recruiting a full, cycle. full recruiting uh, class in, yeah. the, in 2024. Yeah. Yep. That's going to be ridiculous. Um, and then one last transfer portal note here. Texas quarterback Hudson Card has found a new home. He is um, headed to Purdue. He is headed to Purdue... Um, to replace Aiden O'Connell, who is leaving uh, with to the draft because he has no eligibility left. But um, yeah, I, I'm. Why am I blanking on who the uh, Purdue head coach is now? I don't know. I don't know because Brom left for Louisville, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember, but. Oh, uh, Brian Walters, right? Illinois defensive coordinator. Yes. Yep. Yeah, Brian yep. Walters. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. what again? I'm a big card guy. Um, so as the Badger fan, that kind of scares me. <laughs> uh, and then one draft declaration that I just I didn't get an update about it, but I saw it on ESPN uh, during the halftime of the Hawaii Bowl. Um, Illinois running back Chase Brown has uh, declared for the NFL draft, so uh, very solid. I think he's going to need a, a good pre-draft prep to push into day two because I think he's kind of teetering on day two, day three. But Yeah. Yeah. Yep. If he runs well, I think he could push to day two, possibly. Uh, NFL news? There's really not much either in this one. Um General tight end uh, Rob Gronkowski talked about this on Friday, uh, on Saturday, but um, possibly open to returning in 2023. Uh, that banks on what Tom Brady's going to do because no one knows yet. Free agent this offseason. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't think there's any way Tom leaves but uh, if he doesn't retire, but who knows? Um, oh, I think he's gone. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, Gronk. I mean, would he come back without Brady? I don't think so. But yeah, it is. I I did see that tweet, um, where he kind of broke Twitter when he just tweeted like "I'm bored," yeah. right, or something <laughs> with like the eyeball emojis <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, look, man, um, you don't know what he can do. Um, you know, at this point in his career, having been in and out of football, but the game's better with Gronk, man. It just is. He's just such a great personality. So I'd love to see him back in the pads. Maybe he should go to Denver and help help Russ out there. <laughs> uh, uh, and I already said this, but the Steelers at the Ravens next this coming weekend flex to Sunday Night Football. Steelers trying to stay alive. Ravens really don't have anything to play for uh, except the AFC North, um, which they're still a game back. And 
if the Bengals win their game, they clinch the AFC North, I believe, is that scenario. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then the Rams at the Chargers game, that has been moved to 425. Injuries, a uh, bunch of guys done for the year. It's that time of season where, you know, you get a couple-week injury and you're, you're done because there's only a couple weeks left. Um, but the Panthers have lost corner J.C. Horn for the year. Broken wrist. So, uh, great season for him this year. Um, but uh, not going to be able to see the Panthers into the playoffs if they can get there. I mentioned this, but Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts is pushing to play this week. Sternoclavicular joint sprain in his right shoulder, um, which I had to look up uh, because I wasn't sure what the difference was between AC and SC. Um, so SC inside here, um, attaching to your, your sternum which is the sterno part. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and then I did, like, a throwing motion on Christmas when I was talking to someone about it, and I was like, yeah, this one would probably be more painful than, than the AC out here. So, <laughs> yeah, I can see why it would hurt, but uh, Jalen's Jalen's a beast, and, and we'll see if he plays or not. Uh, Bengals, right tackle Lyle Collins, he's done for the year, ACL and MCL tears, so... I saw Peter Schrager uh, put out a thing, a tweet today. Uh, I don't know. I guess he said it on GMFB today to like Andrew Whitworth. He said, "Finish your, finish your, uh, your prime show on uh, Thursday night there for the Thursday night game, and then sign with the Bengals. The Bengals need you to come <laughs> back to Cincinnati." <laughs> That would be that would be outstanding. Just go get a nice little bag, nice little bonus money, some thrown around money, and try to push for another Super Bowl. I, I mean, for one, he's never played right tackle in his career, <laughs> and for two, it. I mean, he was really dragging <laughs> in the Super Bowl year uh, with L.A. And I don't. I just can't see him. Uh, being effective, even if he would come back, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's in shape either. He he seems to have be having a good time on Thursday nights there. Um, <laughs> the uh, Bucks have all, have lost another offensive lineman. What's new with Tampa Bay? Uh, maybe he should go play for the freaking Bucks. But uh, offensive tackle Josh Wells done for the year. Torn patellar tendon for Josh Wells. So. Donovan Smith was already out, and now Wells goes out at left tackle. I don't, I no clue who they're going to play there next, but maybe Gronk will come back and play left tackle. <laughs> uh, and then the Eagles, they have lost right tackle Lane Johnson for the regular season. Uh, there is hope that he can come back for the playoffs, but he has an ab- abdominal tendon tear. Um, probably going to need surgery in the off season, but, uh, I'm happy it's not anything serious. It's, and, and Jack Driscoll, I think has done a great job as our swing tackle this year. Um, so I, I think the Eagles will be okay with Jack Driscoll going along at, at right tackle the last two games of the season here. 
Uh, and then finally, a development today, uh, just like five minutes into the show, Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa in concussion protocol once again. It was kind of weird because he played the whole game uh, yeah. yesterday. But, yeah, he is in the concussion protocol once again. So that means it'll – I would have to think that maybe Skylar Thompson starts this week. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be able to get clear in four days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the league's got to review their concussion protocol and the steps associated with that. I think that's pretty clear at this point. Or maybe just how Miami does their <laughs> – their concussion protocol. Um, but, yeah, interesting, interesting development. Um, and then before we go to pick standings here, the college football games we got going on in between shows. Um, like I said, I'm going to have a show on Thursday probably because uh, I'm driving on Friday. But uh, tomorrow we have a quadruple header on ESPN. Camellia Bowl, that's at the uh, Crampton Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. No uh, – no teams have any residency at the Crampton Bowl. But uh, Georgia Southern, 6-6. Six and six. Eagles, they are four-and-a-half-point favorites against the Buffalo Bulls, uh, who are also 6-6. Six and six. Total is 67. So I'm probably going to go with the over. Georgia Southern games have been pretty high scoring this year, and I'm rolling with the Eagles, who uh, I was very happy that they got into, the, into a bowl because I was rooting for them late in the season. That one's at 12 o'clock on ESPN. Um, the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, that's at uh, Gerald J. Ford Stadium. That is where SMU plays in Dallas, Texas. The Memphis Tigers, 6-6. Six and six. They are 7.5-point favorites against the Utah State Aggies, also 6-6. Six and six. Total is 60 and a half there, 3.15 p.m. on ESPN. Probably going to roll with Memphis again, uh, the favorite in that game, uh, just because Seth Hennigan and that Tigers offense, Utah State, I don't think has been that great this year. So, uh, The Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl Protective Stadium where uh, UAB plays in Birmingham, Alabama. Coastal Carolina, 9-3, Chanticleers, uh, against the 7-5 East Carolina Pirates there. Pirates getting 7 points. Total is 65. I'm rolling with the under uh, Holton Ayler's last game, I believe. He is a senior, so uh, he is done after this one. And uh, that's 6.45 on ESPN. I'm rolling with the Pirates again. Uh, the favored team, no Grayson McCall. I just can't trust that Chanticleer's offense without him. And Jamie, Chad Jamie, Jamie Chadwell got hired somewhere else too, right? Yeah, he left for Liberty, I think. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so that, yeah. ECU, go Pirates. Uh, and then finally tomorrow, guaranteed rate. That is at Chase Field, where the Arizona Diamondbacks play um, in Phoenix, Arizona. Your Badgers, Wisconsin, 6-6, six and six, three and a half point favorites um, against Mike Gundy's Oklahoma State Cowboys, 7-5 Cowboys there. 
the total is pretty low, 44 and a half. Uh, I am probably going to go with the under, though, in that one. It's a late one, 10, 15 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Yep. I'm rolling with Wisconsin, I guess, because they have less transfers than, than yeah. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's been decimated by the portal. Yeah, it, it's interesting because we were able to stop kind of the bleeding of the transfers. We didn't have as much transfer movement, like you just said, as Oklahoma State. At the same time, our coaching staff is kind of in flux, whereas OSU has Gundy still and that continuity. So it'll be an interesting game. I think it'll be a close game, but, yeah, I hope we pull it out. Is Jim Leonard is still coaching this week? Yeah, I think – I believe Leonard is going to be head coaching this game in his final okay. – um, with us, but I think Fickle said that he's going to also be coaching in some capacity, gotcha. like as a uh, position group. Um, so, gotcha. well, they'll both be on the sidelines tomorrow night. Um, and then Wednesday we have the Military Bowl presented by uh, Paraton. I guess that's how you say that. I've never heard of that company, but um, this is at the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, which is where Navy plays in Annapolis, Maryland. UCF, the Knights, nine and four against the Duke Blue Devils, who are eight and four. Uh, Blue Devils, three and a half point favorites. Total is sixty-two and a half. I'm rolling with the over in that one. Two p.m. on ESPN Wednesday. I'm rolling with the Blue Devils. Um, the no, no Mikey Keen at quarterback for UCF. No uh, Ryan O'Keefe at wide receiver as well both in the transfer portal. So, um, yeah, I'm rolling with Duke. I don't know. I'm just rolling with all the favorites probably because most of the favorites are teams that haven't been hit by the portal and the underdogs are the people that have been hit by the portal. Uh, AutoZone Liberty Bowl, that's at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. That's where Memphis plays. Uh, the Kansas Jayhawks, 6-6. Six and six. They are against the Arkansas Razorbacks. Also 6-6. Six and six. Sam Pittman's crew coming in to play Lance Leopold. Uh, Arkansas getting three points here. This one should actually be close. Uh, I don't think either of these teams have really been hit by the portal at all. Um, besides Malik Hornsby. But um, I would have to think K.J. Jefferson's going to play in this game. Um for Arkansas. That's why they're still favored. So it should be KJ Jefferson versus Jalen Daniels, um, which should provide a, a pretty good matchup of six and six teams. Total is 69. I'm rolling with the under, though. Um, I don't care if both those quarterbacks are playing. I'm still picking the under 69. That's, that's, that's obscene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and this one's at 5.30 on ESPN. This one I'm, 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 ha I'm really excited about. San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Petco Park, where the Padres play, uh, in San Diego, California. So it should be nice weather, even at night. Number 15, Oregon. 9-3, Ducks. They are 14.5-point favorites. Against North Carolina Tar Heels, nine and four, uh, ACC runners up. 
The total is 74 and a half. And this one I am rolling with the over, though. I mean, really? North Carolina's defense has nothing. Tony Grimes is gone in the portal as well for North Carolina's defense. Uh, both quarterbacks going to be in this one. Bo Nix announced he's returning to Oregon. So um, he will be in this one, as will Drake May for UNC. Um, I'm interested, though, to see if Josh Downs plays for UNC. Declared for the draft. So not sure if he's going to play or not. Uh, I would hope so, so it's a better game. But if not, I would probably lean the favorite in Oregon because I don't really know any other receivers that May would have. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yeah, I'm excited to see that QB battle. Um, and I think both those teams are going to be major major players next year um, in the college football landscape. Uh, this one's at 8 p.m. on Fox. And then uh, finally on Wednesday, Tax Act Texas Bowl, NRG Stadium, where the Texans play in Houston, Texas. Texas Tech, I just said Texas like four times, five times in like one 30 seconds. Texas Tech, though, there's another one. Seven and five Red Raiders. They are uh, against the eight and four Ole Miss Rebels, who are four point favorites. Lane Kiffin's crew coming in. Total is 71, and that one's a close one. I'm going to go with the under because of the Ole Miss defense, I think. Um, and I'm picking Ole Miss as well. Uh, not sure who the quarterback's going to be for Texas Tech. I know Donovan Smith transferred to Houston. They have another guy, but I don't remember what his name is. I'm more familiar with Donovan Smith there, but... Um, so yeah, I'm I'm rolling with Ole Miss, and uh, I why don't I, I don't even remember who their quarterback is. I don't I don't know why. Jackson Dart. That's right, Jackson Dart, the old Dart. Uh, <laughs> this one's 9 p.m. on ESPN on Wednesday, and then just one on Thursday because uh, it's gonna be before the show. The uh, Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. <laughs> you like that sponsor? <laughs> Outstanding. This one's played at Yankee Stadium, of course, where the New York Yankees play. In the Bronx, New York. Uh, I, I just added the in front of the Bronx. I don't, I don't know if people from New York say that, but um, <laughs> it's just Bronx on the, on the map. <laughs> but uh, Syracuse. Kind of like Texas Tech and their uh, game is going to be a home home game for them. Syracuse is going to be the home favorite there. 7-5 Orange uh, facing the Minnesota Golden Gophers, who are coming in at 8-4 PJ Flex team. 10-point favorites. Total is 42. I'm rolling with the under. 2 p.m. on ESPN Thursday. And I'm rolling with the Golden Gophers. Syracuse, I believe Sean Tucker will not play in that game. Um, and I think Minnesota is going to have everyone. So, yeah. Pick standings. 2-0 last week. Everyone got it done. Um, what, we got the Jags on Thursday. We got the Packers on Monday last week. Everyone was on the same page. So yeah, it's uh it's 
close. It's really close coming down to the wire. We got a couple weeks left uh, this week and next week. And because uh, there's no there's no Thursday or Monday games in week 18. So, yeah, then we'll uh, then we'll have one more. We'll have a playoff game to pick in the wild card weekend on. And that'll be our last Monday pick. So, uh, but yeah, I am still leading Mark by one. You are four back, and Peter is five back. So you and Peter might have to think about, you know, going against Mark and I just so you can try to make it up. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just don't want to be last, though. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I think I think both of y'all are pretty safe from from having winning records. So I think I think both of y'all are going to are going to secure winning records at least. Um uh, but tonight in a little bit uh about an hour and a half Chargers at the Colts. We're all got the lightning bolts up there. Again, I just need just don't run the ball with Austin Eckler. That's that's my hope. Actually, no, I do need Austin Eckler though. In a, uh, I have a FanDuel lineup um, because they gave us free money this weekend on FanDuel Fantasy. So I made some lineups, made some money on the Eagles game, pretty much um, because I started a lot of Eagles uh, in that uh, four o'clock window. But uh, yeah, I need Justin Herbert twenty six plus fantasy points tonight to uh, win my losers bracket game in my fraternity league and uh yeah i think i mean nick Foles is starting so who the hell knows how that's gonna go but uh la they can they clinch a playoff spot with a win so they have everything to play for yeah i i'd love to see a statement game here for the chargers who have kind of been hot and cold but have been pretty decent as of late um I'd like to see a statement win from them going into the playoffs um, to really feel good about where they sit in the AFC. I feel like the Chargers, though, are the one team in the AFC wild card race that has been like just putting along right at the the like average line. They they had they haven't gone really far down. They haven't gone really far up. It's just yep. been pretty consistent, and you know even the Ravens are above them. Uh, by a game and a half right now, but we already talked about how bad their offense has been with Tyler Huntley the last three games. So, yeah, Chargers, uh, we are all on that. Total is 44 and a half, and if you want to make a statement, why not go for it by themselves, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And this one's 8.15 on ESPN. Thursday night game, this is the final Thursday night game of the season. Cowboys at the Titans, and this is just a terrible way to end uh, Thursday night season. Uh, the Cowboys should absolutely demolish the Titans. As much as I hate to say that, it's probably going to happen because the Titans are so bad right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we've already talked about how the Titans are just in a bad spot injury wise, and <laughs> it's a short week now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, but um, why not, Vrabel? Let's let's put Mister Woodside in there, see what he's got. Um, nothing to lose because that's that's one thing that the Titans do have, and I think 
that Vrabel should use that this week in their prep in their couple days of prep that they have. We have nothing to. There's nothing to play for in this game, guys. We can play loose. This game has no effect on our playoff status. Yeah. The only thing it does is it would help them in case they do lose to the Jaguars. It would help them possibly stay in the seven seed race. Um, were were the Dolphins to lose next week or this coming week? Yeah. You know they would both be eight and eight, and I don't know who wins the tiebreaker at that point. But um, so that would help them in that regard, anyways. But again, I would you know we have nothing to play for, division wise. It's all about the Week 18 game with the Jags. So, you know, go play. Play loose. Have fun. Yep. You're Reach into the playoff game. Yeah. Dust out the trick play playbook. Yeah, why not? I mean, the Cowboys really uh, don't have much to play for either. Uh, they're already in the playoffs. They have a slim chance at the NFC East. They need to win out. Eagles need to lose out. But uh, that's... A statistical improbability. Um, so, yeah, I would. I kind of, I kind of wish this game was on Sunday though, and the Eagles were playing Thursday. Granted, that would mean Jalen Hurts wouldn't play, but it would be interesting to see if that would happen. The Eagles would win if the Cowboys would just rest everyone for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because they can't go lower than the five right now. So, yeah. But, alas, we have this on Thursday. Total is 42. Uh, I'm going over because, again, I think the Cowboys just demolished the Titans. 36 to 10. That's that's, that's the final right there. Book it. 8.15 p.m. on Thursday, prime video. i got to figure out how I'm going to watch that because... I'm not in Milwaukee, and <laughs> my roommate's the only one with Prime. So <laughs> Prime video. Uh, actually, I think my parents have Prime. We well, might be able to get that working. Um, but, uh, yeah, next Monday, NFL Week 18, we will be on here for. Uh, we'll provide you with college football game recaps. And uh, next Monday, we will be in 2023, sir. Yes, sir. We, it will be January 2nd. Uh, we will be hungover from, from New Year's, maybe. I don't know. Probably not, I guess, uh, the 2nd. But um, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> the uh, We'll talk about the, the college football games, the semifinal games on New Year's Eve, and uh, great NFL action on New Year's Day. And then uh, we'll talk about this. And I've been saying it all show, just monster matchup on Monday Night Football to close the Monday night schedule, uh, regular season schedule anyways. Obviously, we have Super Wild Card Weekend with the Monday night game. But yeah, Bills at the Bengals uh, should be in for a very good showing on Monday night. As always, don't forget to follow us on all our social media at FAA Podcast on Instagram and Twitter at FAA underscore bets as well on Twitter. FAAPodcast.com is our website. You can check us out here on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Great. Perfect. Two hours 
And uh, thank you, Logan. Merry Christmas once again. Happy New Year, and we'll see you back in 2023, uh, unless you're coming on on Thursday. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the schedule's like yet for that, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, I might see it Thursday before then, and if not, Happy New Year, my dude. All right, brother. I appreciate it. I'll see you later.